0: Welcome to Stratfor's Essential Geopolitics. I'm Fred Burton. I'm here today with Omar Lamrani, our senior military analyst, and Omar is in Perth, Australia. Omar, welcome.
1: Hello, Fred. Good to be with you.
0: The U.S. has placed great power competition at the heart of its new national defense strategy. Do you think that the U.S. has been successful in shifting enough of its focus and resources to this new priority?
1: The U.S. has only been partially successful thus far in doing so. Um, The U.S. has largely succeeded in in prioritizing great power competition in in some areas, such as the development of its new military plans, its doctrine, weapons development, and to some extent, it's shifting around some of its naval deployments to send them more towards Russia and China. But as a whole, the U.S. has struggled to break away from ongoing military commitments around the world, including, of course, the war in Afghanistan, the conflicts in Syria and Iraq, and various counterterrorism efforts in Africa. The U.S. military is currently studying how to reduce its footprint and resources in various areas around the world, but this remains a very difficult task. For instance, an example would be a proposed drawdown of forces in Africa has met with significant opposition in Congress, as well as from key allies such as France.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. What are some of the areas that are going to continue to divert U.S. attention and power over the years ahead?
1: So aside from the legacy conflicts that the U.S. finds itself that I mentioned previously, at the top of the risk here is that the U.S. is currently embroiled in increasingly tense standoffs with Iran and North Korea. If the U.S. finds itself in a significant conflict with one of these states, for instance, and the U.S. already came very close to a war with Iran recently, then that would be a significant drain on resources and forces that could be focused on Asia or Europe instead. Um, it, just in the last few weeks, for instance, when that crisis with Iran escalated, premier U.S. forces, including the 82nd Airborne, were devoted to its being sent to Kuwait and Iraq. That, that is the type of example, for instance, that would drain those resources. Another risk is an economic one. The U.S. military has what it calls a four-plus-one framework that guides its prioritization of global threats. This includes China and, and Russia at the top, naturally, Iran and North Korea, and the plus one refers to transnational violence extremism. But really, we can add a fifth one to, uh, sixth one to the list rather, which is solvency. The U.S. national debt is rising quickly. And if for some reason the U.S. finds itself in a significant economic headwinds, it is plausible that the military budget could see some significant cuts that would reduce available resources towards the great power competition.
0: Isn't this, Omar, just how the administration kind of deals with global events from a geopolitical perspective, meaning I think about uh, President Bush 43 coming into office, and you might come in with an agenda, then all of a sudden 9-11 happens. You look at the Trump administration, and now you're dealing with Iranian and North Korean antics that you have to uh, shift mm-hmm. and adjust to.
1: That is absolutely true. Yes, this is not, this is not the first time the United States has attempted to do what's uh, you know in the Obama administration, for instance, there was what's called a pivot to to Asia, um, and and obviously that has not really worked out. Um, the Trump administration obviously is facing those new uh, threats or, or or flashpoints that emerge, and so yes, absolutely, this is not the first time that we're seeing this kind of distraction happen. But the U.S. administration has, its current administration, has focused quite a bit of its attention on uh, pursuing this track, and and uh, one of the ways they've done it, for instance is by seeking to uh, get allies on board. But, but, you know, there have been a lot of constraints.
0: What are the, some of the ways that the U.S. can remain competitive with great powers like China without abandoning its other global commitments?
1: Yeah, so the most viable means, albeit it's still a tricky one, uh, is what the U.S. administration is basically doing to a large extent, which is lean further on U.S. allies to carry the burden. But in many cases, the approach has thus far lacked balance and finesse and has ended up alienating rather than drawing allies closer. Uh, For the approach to succeed, there needs to be a heavy dose of diplomacy involved and a give-and-take approach. Ultimately, though, the U.S. alliance system is the most expansive and most powerful one in history, and potentially one of the biggest advantages the U.S. has over likely adversaries like China and Russia. China and Russia don't have anywhere near... Uh, the the number of and, and power of allies that the US has currently. So if Washington successfully mobilizes these these allies and but that remains a big if, that could be a very powerful tool going forward, but it's a tricky balance to pursue.
0: So that's interesting Omar, but why is the US so fixated on China if uh, they are the greatest power in the world?
1: Oh, that's a very good question Fred. Uh, the, the it really comes down to two things. Um, first of all, we have to recognize that China on its current trajectory is growing very quickly in power and geopolitical heft, which as great powers do, they look to the future. That means a decade, two decades from now, China could be a lot stronger if they don't suffer a catastrophe like a massive economic depression. So U.S. has plans to that day. Um, and the second aspect of that is that U.S. is a global power. So while on paper the U.S. is much stronger than China, its power has to diffuse around the world. As you know, the U.S. carries out various interests and deploys forces all around the world, China is much more focused on its immediate region. So when we talk about that balance between China and Russia, overall, the U.S. is much stronger. But when it comes to directly how much, how much power do they have, how many forces do they have, especially in the future, in that region, in the, in the Western Pacific, that's somewhere where China could be very competitive against the United States going forward.
0: Well, thank you, Omar. That was a fascinating conversation. I appreciate the comments. And for those of you who would like more information on either Omar's writing or Stratfor analysis on great power competition please visit stratford.com slash subscribe. And I'm Fred Burton. Thanks for listening.